In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked, where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger into the nail marks and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now a week later, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and bring your hand and put it into my side, and do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that through this belief, you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, we gather here tonight in your real presence. Your resurrected presence. Your glorified presence. Which is veiled by this sacrament. But it is no less real, no less powerful. So we ask you to please increase our faith tonight, to open the eyes of our hearts and the ears of our hearts, sanctify our imagination, tune into our conscience, so that we can see you and hear you tonight with our interior senses, so that we can have a new experience of your presence, of your affection for us, of your friendship, of your goodness and kindness and mercy. Mother Mary, we crown you the queen of our gathering here tonight as we pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, 
now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I would say this is a very privileged time to be gathered before the Lord during Easter week. We're leading up to Divine Mercy Sunday, but the church celebrates this whole week as if it were Easter Day. It's an octave of celebration. And so no doubt there are special graces for us here tonight. You've, you've made the effort to come out, and as I like to say, you can have an expectant faith here tonight. You can expect to have an encounter with the living God that will be healing for you, that will be transforming, that will help you have a breakthrough of some kind, spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, physically. Who knows what kind of healing can happen here tonight? Well, I know all kinds of healing can happen. God knows what he has in store for each one of you. So don't be afraid to ask with faith, with confidence, with expectation. Because that's the kind of God that he is. So I just thought we could reflect together for a little bit here on this gospel. In light of the resurrection, in light of divine mercy. So it's interesting that the disciples were still behind locked doors for fear of the Jews. They were afraid. But Jesus is not prevented from entering just because the doors were locked. In his glorified body, he could go right through those locked doors. And then the first words out of his mouth, peace be with you, to calm their fears. And I think that's something that we should all be aware of tonight and any time that we go to pray. Jesus comes to meet you where you're at, even in your fear, in your shame, in your confusion, behind all of your masks and all of your walls that we all put up, that we have all built over the years. That doesn't stop Jesus from encountering you right where you're at. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. And he doesn't come then with accusation or blame or condemnation, but he comes with peace. He comes with peace. And as he said during the Last Supper, the peace I give you is a peace that the world cannot give you. So even that is worth making an act of faith in. Jesus, I believe that you can give me a peace that the world cannot give. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Because there are no doubt parts of us that believe that. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here tonight. You've come here tonight seeking peace and healing and blessing. So obviously, some parts of you believe that Jesus offers you peace. However, in most cases, we all have parts that don't really believe that when push comes to shove. 
parts of us still struggle with going to Jesus and trusting that he will actually give us peace and not more work or not condemnation or judgment or shame or blame, etc. You might be asking yourself, well, what does that mean? Or I don't think so. (laughs) But think about it. Every time we turn away from Jesus, even in small ways, to do something we know we shouldn't do or to not do something that we know we probably should do, so whether it's a sin of commission or a sin of omission, when we turn away from Jesus or we turn to something else, for whatever reason, for comfort, for escape, we lack faith. And Jesus is very patient. He's very merciful. He's very understanding. He knows much better than we do why we do those things. And what he says to you tonight is, hey, you want to talk about that? You might call it an idol. An idol. We wouldn't necessarily think of it that way normally. Because it's not some inanimate object that we worship you know, on our nightstand or on the mantle in front of the fireplace. Although if your TV is above the mantle, you might, you know, worship that sometime, right? Or your phone. Now, that's the biggest idol probably in the world, right, is this phone that we all hold in our hands. So on some level, phones have become an idol that we turn to a lot for comfort, for distraction, because you can watch whatever you want on your phone now. You don't even have to have a TV, And you can even order food right at the tip of your fingers and it will be delivered to your door now. You don't even have to get up off the couch except to answer the door, I suppose. But you might convince somebody else to do that for you. So anyway, it's good to be aware of these things so that more and more, little by little, we can invite Jesus into those places where we have unrest, where we, where we are afraid, for whatever reason. We all have these hidden fears that manifest themselves in strange ways sometimes. Could be through anger, greed, lust, gluttony, envy, you name it. And so Jesus is looking to heal us at the root, at the root He's not looking to simply forgive the symptoms, which he's happy to do, but he always wants to go deeper. There's always more, in other words. There's always more. And so instead of getting hung up in the branches, as we typically do, we can ask the Holy Spirit to help us go deeper. If you're here tonight, I assume, at least in most cases, that There's a desire to grow closer to God, to go deeper in your faith life, to go higher, however you want to say that, but to experience more of Jesus, his presence, his power, his love, his tenderness, his peace. We want more of that. We want more of that. 
So Jesus, help us tonight to present to you the idols that we have in our lives. And we give you permission to smash them. Whoa. How about that? That's a bold prayer. Jesus, smash my idols. That's a bold prayer. (laughs) That doesn't mean you have to smash your phone when you go outside, although you might want to do that. I know some people who have turned to a flip phone these days. God might be asking you to do that. Maybe not. It's not so much the exterior, right? Because I imagine most of the things you do aren't necessarily bad in and of themselves. But to excess, it's not healthy. And it's probably not very helpful. And so, Jesus, please bring some balance and And it's not just an exterior practice because all those things come from within, as Jesus says. All of those sinful behaviors, they come from the heart. So, Lord, heal my heart. Renew my mind. And he's willing to do that. And he is able to do that. And I think when we see the disciples afraid behind locked doors, it can give us some some comfort. Like these guys walked with Jesus for three years. They saw all the miracles. But when it came time to the crucifixion, only one of those guys was there along with a few of the women. So it was hard for them. It was hard even for them because it required faith. It's an act of faith. I say this all the time, but it, it, it bears repeating. God reveals himself to us, and what is our proper response to God's revelation? Say it if you know the answer. Faith. Faith. Joshua, it's an act of faith. As Moses told Joshua at the beginning of that chosen series. I love that scene. When Moses was fashioning the bronze serpent and putting it on a pole, Joshua was like, what are you doing, Moses? That doesn't make sense. And Moses turned, it's an act of faith, Joshua. My dear brothers and sisters, what we are celebrating this week is faith in the resurrection. Because as Paul says, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, our faith is in vain. And here's, the, here's the, the amazing thing. That Jesus didn't just rise from the dead for his sake, but for your sake. And not just to give you eternal life after you die. You've heard me say it before. Maybe this scandalizes some of you. The goal of our Christian lives is not to get to heaven. What? <laughs> Let me repeat that. The goal of our Christian lives is not to get to heaven. Heaven's right here. Amen? Amen. So we don't need to go anywhere. He's right here. And not only that, but he's poured his life into your heart. So you already have heaven in your heart. Do you believe that? So then what is the goal of our Christian lives? It's to be transformed into Jesus. 
through the Holy Spirit, for the glory of the Father. That's the goal of our Christian lives. To become love. God is love, so we are called to become love. To be vessels, if you will. Sacred vessels of his love and mercy. We receive it first. He pours it out. In some mystical way here tonight, what is coming out from this monstrance? The rays of blood and water, the the rivers of his living water and that flow of his precious blood that came out from his pure side on the cross. That's what's flowing in a mystical way tonight from the monstrance. And it's smacking you in the face, whether you realize it or not. And it's touching your hearts. Because his love is dynamic. It's not static. It may look like he's still up here, but there's all kinds of stuff happening here tonight that you you don't see with the naked eye. But with the eyes of faith, we can see it. We can perceive it. We can feel it. Some of you, when you know, you can you can sense, you know, that people will say, God's presence it was thick. It was thick tonight. You know, if you go to, I was just at the Chrism Mass last week, Thursday morning, for the Archdiocese. There were probably 400 or so priests and a bunch of lay people there with the Archbishop and the Auxiliary Bishops at the Cathedral. It's where the Archbishop blesses the oils to be used for anointing and so on throughout the year. God's presence was so thick as we processed into the cathedral, I, I was just brought to tears standing in my pew before the opening hymn was over. I was already in tears because I could just feel the presence of God. It was so thick. And angels and saints are all over the place. Tonight we've got angels standing in adoration here, bowing down in adoration here. Our favorite saints, our guardian angels. We're not alone here. (laughs) We're not alone. And you're never alone. When you leave here, you're never alone. So he wants to literally live his resurrected life in you now. Jesus, as St. Paul realized, it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I no longer live by sight, but I live it by faith. faith. In the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. Paul realized that from the top of his head down to the soles of his feet. And that's what transformed him. That's what transformed Paul. Was that encounter, that experience of the living God. And then once he was baptized and confirmed and ordained, Paul realized, ha, Christ is alive in me. And he wants to live with me and in me and through me. Yes, through me. And he wants to do that with each and every one of you, with each and every baptized member of the church, his mystical body, his mystical body. How about Thomas? 
unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger into the nail marks and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. You know? We've all said that, I think, at one time or another. Like, you know, I'm not going to believe unless I get my way, unless my husband straightens out, or unless my kid comes back to the church. I will not believe. Right? You're laughing because it's true. (laughs) So again... We wouldn't, admit, we wouldn't admit to unbelief in every aspect or part of our life. But ask the Lord tonight, where is that unbelief? Where is that lack of trust in my life? God, just please come in. Help me out. Help me out there. If I need to forgive somebody, help me to forgive Maybe I need to forgive myself. Help me to forgive myself. Sometimes that's the hardest person to forgive is yourself. God, if I, if I need to take a step in faith, if I need to be bold, well, help me to do that. Help me to be courageous. Give me fortitude. Whatever I need. And it's when you make those Acts of faith. When you step out in faith, guess what happens? Your faith grows. (laughs) Because you're exercising your faith. That's how faith grows. When you exercise it. And you can ask for signs. But be careful what you ask for. And he would really prefer not to give the sign. Why do you think that is? Why do you think God would prefer not to give the sign? Because in some sense, that takes away your freedom. Because you kind of put it all out there like, okay, you give me the sign, then I'll do it. Like, if you just get me out of this foxhole, I'll become a priest, you know. That's not the point. Don't bargain with God. In that way. That's not the kind of relationship God wants. He doesn't want to bargain with you. Because then if if he gives you the sign, then you kind of have to do it. Right? And he doesn't want you to have to do it. He wants you to do it freely. Freely. Willingly. Without necessarily seeing where it's going. Or how it's going to turn out. And trusting that you may not take the exact right step, but you just keep moving and you keep asking and listening, discerning. And he can work with that. But if you're so afraid of making a mistake, what kind of a God do you think he is? We make mistakes all the time. And he forgives us. So don't be afraid to take a false step. He'll forgive you. You just he can redirect you as long as you're moving. You know, put the blindfold on. Okay, Lord, I'm just going to start walking. <laughs> you just here, take my hand. I got the blindfold on. I'm walking by faith. You lead me. I don't know where we're going, 
but I trust that you know the way. I trust that you are the way, the truth, and the life. I don't need to know anything else. But sometimes we tell ourselves, oh, I I need to know what's going on. I need to watch the nightly news every night for 60 minutes, or I, I might be naive. Probably not. Probably not. You may have just been lied to for 60 minutes, you know, more than likely. Spend that time with him, right? That's really the only one you need to know right there. But Jesus was willing to meet Thomas where he was at. And he shows up again. And the first words out of his mouth, again, peace be with you. And then he invites Thomas to put his finger in his hands and his hand in his side. But notice what Jesus says here. Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. So that's us. That's us. But we've seen plenty of things that have led us to believe. And we've experienced things for ourselves that have increased our faith. You know, a little over a week ago, we had, uh, what's, well, yeah, a couple weeks ago. We had a replica of the Shroud of Turin at Everest Academy in Clarkston. Talk about a sign. Talk about a miracle. The Shroud. And with modern technology, we actually are discovering more and more miraculous things about the Shroud. Isn't that interesting? As modern man gets more and more stubborn, obstinate, in disbelief, God gives us more and more reasons to believe just how powerful and amazing he is. Our Lady of Guadalupe, the Tilma. If you don't know these stories, nourish your faith. You can nourish your faith. And then take steps in faith. Get out of the comfort zone. You know, never does it say in the Gospels, Blessed are those who are comfortable, for they shall inherit the kingdom of God. Doesn't say that anywhere. And yet how we all love our comfort. We just love to be comfortable, you know. And when we're not comfortable, oh, you know, just take a notice of that. I'm cold. I'm hungry. I'm tired. Just notice how you respond in those moments. Those are great times to pray. God, help me right now. I'm not very comfortable, but just God, help me to keep loving even though I'm not very comfortable. Be with me here. I can't do it on my own. It's not a natural reaction right now to smile because I really want to kill him. That's normal. That's the natural reaction. That's the normal response from a human point of view. But we have somebody inside us who is greater than he who is in the world. We have God alive inside of us. All we got to do is call. All we got to do is ask. 
Hey, Lord, can I get a little bit of that grace, please? What do you think he's going to say? No, I really don't have time for that right now. Sorry. Ask again later. That's not how he operates. He will be quick to answer with that grace that you need in the moment. Don't be worried about what's going to happen tomorrow or next week or next month or next year. As he says in the Gospels, sufficient for a day is its own trouble and evil. And when we're so worried about the future, we don't even appreciate the present, the present moment. So, Lord Jesus, help us to be present to you and to others, to ourselves in the present moment. So we can experience all the love that you want to give us in the present moment. So with that, I will close here tonight. And we're going to pray a little bit together out loud. Let's do that. Just repeat after me. We'll make some acts of faith. And we'll just call upon the Spirit together here tonight. So just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I believe that you're here with me right now. I believe that you love me. I believe that you're holding me. I believe that you see me with great tenderness and compassion. I believe that you love to provide for me. I believe that you love to bless me. Abba Father, I believe that you love me. I believe that I'm your beloved child. I believe that you love to provide for me. Jesus, I believe that you have prepared a place for me in the Father's house. In the Father's house. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Abba. Holy Spirit, I believe that you are alive in me. And that by your power, I can live the resurrected life of Jesus. That he wants to live in me. And with me and through me. Here I am, Lord. I come to do your will. Live your life in me. And through me. Increase my faith. Help me to trust you more. I want more of you, God. I want more of you. I give you permission tonight to crush my idols. Show me the way, Lord. Mother Mary, 
crown you the queen of my life. Pray for me so that the heavenly desires that God created me with will come alive. I want that abundant life that Jesus won for me through his death and resurrection and ascension into heaven. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Inflame my heart with your love. Help me to feel in my heart how you feel about me. Help me to feel your divine affection that you have for me. Amen.